Well, this is our last our message on the This is your house. And I trust that you've been learning a lot. Not only a lot, but that you've been learning and the learning has uh, taken residence in your heart. Especially in terms of this uh, scripture of John chapter 15. You know, John chapter 15 is an incredible passage. I, I trust that you do not only uh, listen to it and then God through this series that you do not go back and read John chapter 15. You have to understand that this is part of all of those times when the Lord Jesus Christ was preparing to go to the cross. And he have taken some time for him now to speak. And, and when he brought John chapter 15, there is so much theology in that portion of scripture. And in fact, as you continue to read that portion of scripture, you're going to find the security of every believer that abides in the Lord. You're going to find sovereignty of the Lord that He oversees and look after you. Be able to wonder someday that why you are in the place you are and you look back, man, I shouldn't have been here. That the sovereignty of God is at work. And you find in this portion of scripture that there is sanctification. There is a time that you've been sanctified by the Lord when you come to know Him. And that there is the continual work of sanctification in your life. And that portion of scripture is full of theology. But as we have been looking at what we have followed through in this coming, uh, in actually in the last four weeks, We've been talking about this portion of scripture in terms of this is your house. In fact, we have to understand it is not you who bought the house for you to sit in to, to live in. The house is provided for you because it's out of the goodness and the grace of God that you have a house. And that house is you. And God has come in John chapter 15. And then if we can read those first portion of scripture, and I'm going to ask is. Uh, once again, to stand in honor of God's word. Uh, do you know, we were watching the outdoor hockey. I was watching the outdoor hockey game last night between Los Angeles and uh, I, I think it was San Jose. It was like in the football stadium. It was huge. It was a lot of people. Man, and then the halftime in and people were just jumping up and... And, and, and praising the, their favorite team. Who is our favorite team this morning? Yes. We have an audience of one person. And we come. And in honor of his word as we stand. Let's all read and keep in mind that this is pretty deep, deep portion of scripture. And uh, let's read. Again, I just want to read it and then we'll, we'll address our talk for this morning. Let's read it together. Read it with me. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, He proves that it may bear more fruit. And notice, 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 number one, He just said, you must go and bear fruit. Secondly, what? More fruit. Verse 3, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, 
neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. You got fruit, you got more fruit, you got much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified. I love that. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Verse 16 You did not choose me but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name he may give it to you and though God's people say Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for helping me out as we read God's word together. And notice what God has said through, through the Apostle John. As we have said that this is the last talk on this series of This Is My House. Let me just outline quickly a couple, three practical truths that I want to pick out from this portion of scriptures that, that, that you can take it further for your study uh, of the scripture. In John chapter 15 verses 1 to 16. Here's the first truth that I, I, I want to pull out of the number one. The truth of connecting to Jesus Christ. That you need to connect to Jesus Christ otherwise the rest of the scriptures will not mean anything to you. That's the first step of experiencing fruit bearing. Is you have to connect with him. You know in, in verse 1 when John said I am the true vine. I often get intrigued and then to point out to the fact that every time Jesus said I am. That there is something final about this. I am the true vine. I am the real deal. You know if you think, if you think that all or all roads leads to heaven, you're wrong. He said, I am the true vine. And yet that is not a popular message in the society that we live today. Because you know, who are you to be exclusive in teaching that there is only one way? In fact, I heard this terminology. I was having lunch with somebody last week. He said, you know what? Yeah, you can have your spirituality. We can have this. Because there's so many roads. There's so many pathways towards heaven. I said, no, you're wrong. And yet, I realize that these are contentious words in our society. But I don't give an apology for what Jesus Christ said. And you must not either. I have to give it the way He gave it. 
There is no other way to heaven but through Jesus Christ. And you must experience that, number one. Connect with Jesus Christ. That's your first step. And maybe some of you need to do that. You've been hearing this sermon, these messages over the last four weeks. That you have never really came to the place of connecting with the living Savior. That you need to come to that place first. Otherwise, the rest of the scriptures will not mean to you. This is the second one. Truth that I want to pull out. Not only the fact that you need to begin with connecting to Jesus Christ. Give your life to the Lord. Just like this lady that came last Sunday in Onion Lake and said, I just want to get be set free. You need to be set free. And secondly, in this portion of scripture, the importance of abiding in Jesus. Not only to connect with Jesus, you need to abide in Jesus. Abide in me and you in me. Abide in me and I in you. Begin a union with Jesus Christ. Grow in Him. Abide in His Word. Live a life worthy of your calling, as we have heard last Sunday. Live a life worthy of your calling. You may be thinking, well, you know what, Pastor, things are doing well for me. I'm doing well spiritually. Mm. You know, I have my D group. You know, we're doing well. You know, we're experiencing joy. We're experiencing the fellowship of the Spirit of God. This peace is flowing, you know, flowing through our lives. It's just beautiful. Just walking with the Lord. And maybe some of you say, but for me it's not so good right now. It, 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 things are pretty tough. I, I need to show something to you. Uh, we are where we are today. In fact, whether you're in a D group, your D group are doing fine. And all you are on the other side and say, man, I just heard the news of a terminal illness in my family this week. Or whatever that may be. I need you to know that there is one word in verse 2 of our portion of scripture which says that there is somebody. You see, in this portion of scripture there is the, the, the vine, there is the branch, then there is the gardener. The branch is you and me. Some of us have some fruit. Some of us are heavy down with some fruit. And that there is then the vine where you get your source of nourishment from the source of the vine. But at the same time, outside in the vineyard, there is somebody that are walking around to make sure that the plants are watered. And to make sure that every branch that does not bear fruit, that he will cut. And every branch that shows potential for fruitfulness, he prunes. Have you ever wondered what the gardener is doing in terms of your relationship inside of the house? You are inside the house, he's outside the house, making sure you inside the house is prepared for a vital union with him. You are where you are today because the gardener is watching over you. He takes his, his, his water and he begins to water your garden. Whatever that may be, as I was listening to Gordy last in, in our coffee time this week, and I mentioned this to him. You know, sometimes God prunes us so that we can see really how good God is. I think Pastor John mentioned that in one of his sermons. He said, "Those whom God loves, He what? He disciplines." And we may not see sometimes that the discipline, the pruning of the Lord is something that is good for us. 
But that is God's goodness. That's what the gardener does. The gardener comes in and makes sure that you are all right. I want you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that God is still in control. He's in control of your life. He's in control of my life. What you need to see that. That he is doing that. He is outside. He is the good gardener. He's working outside because every branch he said that does not bear fruit. My father will take it away. Every branch that does bear my uh, fruit, he prunes it. And whatever you're going through right now, he is in control. He is outside watching and protecting you. He's the good gardener. Nothing comes your way, ladies and gentlemen. Read my lips. Nothing comes your way. There is nothing and no storm will hit you. No thief will come and seal and destroy. The gardener does everything under his control. He's not sure. But abide in him. Because you're all right. The garden is outside. You abide. You abide. And let the Holy Spirit, let the Lord Jesus divine, provide nourishment. But the garden is outside making sure that the plants are all right. <clears throat> That's the truth. Here's the third truth that I want to pull out of there. And this is the, the rest of our talk. Not only that, you need to connect with Jesus Christ. You need to abide in Jesus Christ. You need to bear fruit. The reason that we're focusing on this text here this morning is because this is where the reality of our union with Jesus Christ moves us from a doctrine into an experience. Move us from a theology to some place where it's practical. That's what this topic here today is. From Christ abiding in Him to Christ working through us and out into our communities. The branch connecting to the vine organically in union with Jesus Christ so that as His life flows through us it produces fruitfulness. As a follower of Jesus Christ, we don't have any choice, really. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, that you must bear fruit. No option. We are called not only to bear fruit, we are called to produce more fruit. We are called to produce much fruit. You're not going to see any fruit if your life you are not changed to begin with. Not conform to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I've seen people do produce fruit in an external ways and you can tell that they lack the anointing. They lack the power that grips the heart of a person that has not come into the household of faith. No power, no anointing. We have to allow the supernatural flow of the Spirit of God to start working in and through our lives, into the lives of people, 
flowing through us. That's what a spirit-filled life is. Then you will begin to see fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. Allow the flow of the Spirit of God to flow through you. He's already inside of you. When you, come, when you came to that place of knowing Him, Matthew chapter 7 verse 16 said, By their fruit you will recognize them. I mean, how else would people know that you are a believer and you belong to God if you don't produce any fruit? Fruit bearing. There are two truths about fruit bearing that we find in this portion of scripture. Number one, abiding is the key to fruitfulness. Abiding is the key to fruitfulness. And number two, listen to this. God's glory is the result of your fruitfulness. Verse 8 tells us, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. You bring down the glory of God the Father when you begin to bear fruit. Matthew chapter 5 verse 16, the Lord Jesus Christ said, Let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Basically what the Lord is saying is the result of you living your life in union, abiding in Him is the manifestation of God and if it isn't there how else can you see the visibility of God? Fruit bearing. Fruit bearing. You know I entitled this message Real Fruit. Real fruit that last. Because we understand that there are also other fruit. You know, you, you saw me limping up here. And uh, part of it is because there's some good food and there's some bad food. <laughs> and I'm, I haven't really pinpointed that which one of those bad food that triggered gout. <laughs> I mean, there's a whole list of things that you go, you type it out in, in the internet, there's a whole lot of reasons why and what food triggers gout. But I do realize that when you look at the fruit here this morning, you realize that there are fruit, that you can go to the shop and you can buy real fruit, you can also buy plastic fruit. I was going to bring some pictures when Cher and I were in the fruit market in Melbourne, Sydney, in Australia. I have never seen, you know, there's a lot of, some of you, the Filipinos, you guys can identify with me. You, you encounter, it's, this country is way too cold, man, for mango tree to grow. Oh. <laughs> All right? You, you know, some of you from some of the warm countries, you know what I'm talking about. You go to the fruit shop, these mangoes, man, these, these are some mean steroid-filled mangoes. These are huge guys. <laughs> Big, big mangoes. And we went through this fruit mango and we started taking pictures of the mangoes. All kinds of bananas out there. It was just beautiful. In fact, I have to confess my sin to the Lord. One time we were invited to come to a, 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 a feast. And on this feast, the first thing that I saw, man, I saw this, I saw these mangoes. 
This mango which is calling out, Pastor, that, that mango know my name. And that, that mango said, come to me, Pastor Tom, come to me. And then I grabbed these mangoes, man. I grabbed those mangoes. I, I, I told Sharon, stay there. I kind of, uh, you know, tried to avoid the spectacle out there. So I grabbed these mangoes, put it in some bags and some, I walked to the back door and I put them in my, in my car. And I look at those mangoes, I bless those mangoes. <laughs> I said, mangoes, you just stay there, man. We're going to have a wonderful unit afterwards. <laughs> They're beautiful. But you can also go to the store and you can find and you can buy some of this beautiful, beautiful ornamental fruit. <coughs> they look so nice outside. The shape and the beautiful colors, so shiny. But they are Plastic. <laughs> yep. They don't seem to call, they don't seem to know my name. <laughs> you can buy real fruit and you can buy the plastic ones where they absolutely got no nutritious value in them. Nothing. It is there for show. You see, real fruit comes out. Listen to this. Real fruit comes out of the garden. Plastic fruit are manufactured in some shop. I fear sometimes I'm talking about Christianity in general here. I have done my bit of traveling around the world. I fear sometimes that the Christian churches today in some way I look at it, these are all manufacturing fruit. They name the name Jesus, they sit in churches, they sing. But then they just sit for the show, absolutely no nutritious value. Their lives are not a byproduct of a healthy vine. How much what we do for the Lord? How much do we do for our brothers and our sisters in Christ? How much do we do for those in our community that are byproduct of a healthy vine from God's garden? Jesus said, I have appointed you to, so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that lasts, real fruit. Because real fruit long, it lasts long. They will not go bad. But what are those fruit that we're talking about here? You know, when we talk about fruit, let's not get so carried away and so deeply theological. And what are these fruit? And begin to really go deep into it. Keep it simple. You know, sometimes we are the ones who complicate things. You know, fast, I don't understand this. Well, just read it. You know, and don't get to the place where I must dig into this. Well, let me just give them to you. Understanding that these are all fruit that we, when we see them, when we, we notice that in our lives. But there are two kinds of fruit that I'm going to talk to you. Number one, that is the outward fruit. The good fruit, the outward fruit. And the first one is this in verse 8. By this my Father is glorified in my life, that you bear much fruit. And so prove to be my disciples. The first one is this winning people for Jesus Christ. That's a good fruit. 
somebody who is winning others to the Lord. You see, the reason I mentioned that, you find that in this verse, in verse 8. When he said that you must bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Now listen to this. A disciple is not only a follower of Jesus Christ and a learner of the ways of Christ. A disciple is someone who has the ability to reproduce. To reproduce himself in the life of other people. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28 verse 19, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. In other words, Jesus is saying, Hey, listen, disciple, go and reproduce yourself. And in fact, that is one of the quality that a disciple of Jesus Christ carries. <coughs> go and reproduce yourself. We ask you, how many of you have this fruit in your life? You know, we all win. We all are called to win people to the Lord. You say, well, Pastor, I'm not like you. Pastor John or others, they're not you guys. There are ways that God has gifted us to win people to the Lord Jesus Christ. But you have to be involved and accept the truth of reproduction. To reproduce yourself as a disciple of Jesus Christ in the life of other people. And you will grow. And did you know that when you begin to reproduce, you are actually, actually activating the power of God inside of you? To be reproducing. So reproduce Jesus Christ in your life. Uh, the, the fruit that He has established in your life in other people. Here's the second one. Not only when people for Christ is a good fruit. Here's another fruit. You know, the fruit of giving. You know, you know, JP has got us to read a portion of scripture here about, about giving. In verse 7 of John 15, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, it will be done for you. In essence, Jesus is saying, you know, when your life begins to flow in through, and my life flow in you, and you abide in me, your life will be so filled with the power and with the grace of God that you will find yourself bearing fruit. And one of those fruit is the fruit of giving. There's a story that, that Paul told in Philippians chapter 4. Paul told an account of the Philippian church, you know, when Paul was doing the evangelistic work and began to start planting the church, the church in Philippi got together and have and did some collection so that they can give, they can give this gift of financial help to Paul to help him in, in his ministry. When Paul got the message back, when he got this check, when he got the money, the financial help from the church in Philippi, he began to express his gratefulness to the gift that the Philippian church has given to him. But then he went on to say that he really didn't need this gift. But he was so grateful, even though he didn't need it, he was glad that they sent it. And the reason is this, look at the verse in Philippians 17. Philippians 4.17 not because I desire a gift. 
He said, but I desire what? I desire fruit that may abound to your account. That is pretty powerful to me. A message that we need to understand. And here's basically what Paul is saying. The great thing about your gift, church in Philippi, was not really that I needed it. But it was fruit that was flowing from your lives. You know, sometimes we wait till someone had a great need and then we give. The point here is, maybe someone did not have that great need for financial assistance, but you give it anyway. Why? Because it's fruit in your life. When your life is so filled with the power of God, we are totally committed to glorifying Him, you will find yourself giving because giving is a fruit. Someone said you can't give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. And Jesus said in verse 9 of John 15, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. In other words, as you find yourself lost in the love of God the Father, and you're abiding in it, you will give. And you will give. Even as God gives out of His love. That's another outlook. There's another one here. I, I often, you know, come and admire and thank the Lord for these gifted young people who lead worship for us Sunday morning. Here's the third one. Thanksgiving and praise. It's a gift. It's an outward fruit. Did you know that this is a fruit? Because what praise and thanksgiving is, is a product of God working in our lives as we abide in Him and He in us. Hebrew chapter 13, 15 says this. By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the what? The fruit of our lips. Giving thanks to His name. That's a fruit. That's an external fruit. Praising God. And thanking Him. Thirdly is prayer. If you abide in me, and number four, I, I believe, I guess. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish. It will be done for you. Do you realize that the prerequisite for prayer is abiding in God? That's the key to your prayer life. Prayer. Prayer. And you've seen the evidence of your prayer. As I listen to our brother, he's talked about his life and how the prayer of God's people have helped. His power. You know, the power is not lying in the fact that your prayer is so good that you move the hand of God. No, your prayer is so powerful and so deep that it shows how obedient you are to the Father. That's what prayer is. Prayer is not to move the hand of the Father. Prayer is an out of your obedience. And that's what John 15 is teaching. 
And then lastly, the inward fruit. So you have external fruit. Now there's other fruit. That, that's why I say let's keep it simple. But there's other fruit. But number two, that there is inward fruit. You know, when I talk about outward fruit and inward fruit, I, the inward fruit I'm actually talking about attitude. You know, the external fruit you can see. But some of this attitude that is inside, and verse 16 tells you, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should abide. So whatever you ask, the Father in my name, he may give it to you. The fact that when you are so full of God, when you are so full of God, that's the basis for a good attitude. You have been hanging out with people with stinking attitude. The attitude of a spirit-filled life. That when you are so full of God, that when you pray for things, you will get them. Because what you're asking for really in this portion of scripture is fruit-bearing. I want my life to be fruitful. So Lord, change my attitude. And then maybe some of us do need some attitude adjustment before we move out of here. How do you get the right attitude? How do you get a positive attitude? Well, Galatians chapter 5 help us see. In verse 25, here's what it says. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That's where you get positive and right attitude from. When you yield the control of your life to the Holy Spirit, Allowing it to permeate your life, the branch yielding to the vine, yielding to the vine, and the flow of right attitude start flowing out through the nature of God in the Holy Spirit that is indwelling you. You begin to produce fruit. You know all too well, as much as I do, as well as I do, that one of the hardest aspects of your Christian life is to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. To surrender your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Submitting myself to Him. If you wish to follow me, He said in Luke, you must deny yourself. That's one of the hardest things to deny yourself. That's why you can't hear God. You got such a bad attitude. Because you're not hearing God, you're too busy trying to, to lift yourself up. So that's why he said here we need to, to come to the place of knowing that the attitude of pride and arrogance don't bear fruit. Because they are too busy in pointing the attention to themselves. Oh, we need to be delivered from a bad attitude. We do. You see, humility of faith, trusting and confessing and bowing to the Lordship of Jesus Christ at any cost, that will put you in a pathway of fruitfulness. Not the attitude of pride and arrogance. So as you abide in Christ, 
and allow the supernatural flow of the Spirit to take place in your life, you are going to see the following inward fruit as mentioned in John 15. This is not all of it, but let me just mention two of them. Number one is love. And here's how that works. When you come to know the Lord, the Spirit of God begins to dwell inside of you. And God's love is at work inside of you. And you become more loving as a result of God loving you. So then you begin to flow out love. Love others because you are experiencing the love of God inside of you. You are a loving person. That's an attitude. That's an attitude. And the second one is joy. Joy. These things I have spoken to you, Jesus said, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. <clears throat> Rejoice in me with the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my, my strength. That is why it's your strength. Because it's working inside of you. The joy of the Father is working. His joy inside of you become your joying. Allow Him to do that. That you may experience Him. And basically, the rest of the inward fruit. And I don't have time here, but read Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Again, such, there is no law. That's a life allowing the spiritual flow to begin to flow through you. Oh, my prayer, my church family, that you will become so full of God, so full of God, that His life becomes your life, that His joy becomes your joy, that His peace becomes your peace, that His love becomes your love, so you keep on abiding in Him, alright? Keep remaining in Him. Because you know the God that is outside, watching over you. You are at His best interest. So keep remaining in Him. Well, I've got this disease. Keep remaining in Him. The Father is in control. He's got that in control. We need to be delivered. Lastly. <coughs> 